Hey everybody, welcome back to our podcast, Spells and Whistles. This is going to be not a campaign episode, but instead just a, uh, we keep calling it a talkback episode. I don't know if that's like the official name or anything, but you know, we're just going to keep calling it that because now we're talking to each other and talking to you out of character, just in our normal lives and voices. So we're basically just going to answer questions for each other, I think. And uh, if you have any questions that you want us to answer in the future episodes, let us know on socials. Uh, because we like talking to each other, but we also like talking to you guys or answering your questions. So uh, let us know. And uh, I will just plug our socials now because that makes sense. Our TikTok is at Spells and Whistles Pod. Our Twitter is Spells underscore Whistles. Our uh, Instagram is also Spells and Whistles Pod. And I think our Reddit is also Spells and Whistles Pod, except I'm pretty sure there's only two people on it, which is, I think it's probably me and Jay and Ben. So it's three. Um, it's fabulous. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that's that's where we're at. Uh, oh, and super exciting news if you didn't see it on social media. These episodes are on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts right Jay mm-hmm. and also on Castos like normal and also on Spotify like normal but it means that it's like getting a wider audience which is very exciting I want to start with just like a really easy lowball question which is what has been your favorite part so far like favorite moment in the game favorite whatever uh combat time I don't know I don't care what's your favorite thing so far oh gosh that's such a hard question I will start because a certain moment jumped into my head um, when we first got down into like the sewery tunnels and we're following the noise and trying not to be loud and we were going into the vault door and all the gas came out and we all made the save and got to ambush the scientist guy that tried to come around and get us yes i remember feeling pretty cool and we were still like level one or level two yeah and i was that like was super fun yeah that was we're, yeah we're that rocking was really and rolling fun. right now especially being such a low level character like being in campaigns where i'm playing higher level things when we started at like level two it kind of hurt my heart a little bit because i was like yeah. <laughs> i have i have such low baby stats um and like so few abilities uh but it's always really fun because i always forget how resourceful you can get with like your actual class features and uh like heritage bonuses and stuff like that you can do a lot more than you think which is really fun and especially playing a new class like i've never done artificer before so coming in and being able to play a new class and figure out the things that i like and the things that i didn't and adjust things as i was able to go has been really exciting so so yeah i should also mention that like heavy spoilers like if you haven't listened to episodes one through eight by now you probably should um so pause now and come back when you have listened to those caught up on eight hours of content (laughs) caught up on eight hours Mm -hmm. um no i just wanted to throw that out there can i do another moment yeah because that one was a a cool feeling moment but my favorite funny moment (laughs) was uh role playing with bryce who is not here today he's he's traveling right now by the way if Mm -hmm. you're listening uh role playing with bryce and figuring out how to get him to take a bath and clean his clothes and make sure we find his bugs that were in his clothes before 
when I released him on the street. That was a good bit. I enjoyed doing that. Absolutely. That was a good one. Right? I do like housing all the bugs and like making sure they feel safe and nice. Right? I do want to put a pin in that for later after Anastasia says whatever she wants to say because I have a question related to that. But you can go ahead no I, I don't have anything go for oh it. you didn't have anything cool i actually no. one of my questions was actually for ben and like how like what was your thought process in like making that moment it seemed pretty like intentional and i never thought of like i guess i never saw it as the sort of like i'm gonna care for this child now type like it just mm. sort of seemed like but after that it, it seemed like it came kind of natural i just want to know about that because it's probably one of my like favorite moments and i'll talk about my favorite moment later but like i do have a question about that so please elaborate i want to know there were (laughs) two sides of that Mm -hmm. one of them was um i felt like id would feel like if he eased argnong into doing human things he would start to accept his be argnong's being human a little bit more Mm, because so far um after the sanctuary and argnong like finding it out he was kind of like volatile about it he was like no i'm a goblin screw you i'm not a human i don't like this this is a like traumatic brain switch for me um and so i think it was like yeah you know what a bath is in your own goblin way, but we're going to ease our way into this. And I just presented it as a thing that like, like people do this, maybe even goblins do this. The other part was I was noticing how often Anastasia was making comments or explaining the reactions of NPCs to how Argnon looked and smelled Mm -hmm. and was acting and I was like, this might be a bad thing for us in the future. So I'm going to dip our toes into solving that problem. Maybe he'll probably dirty himself up because that's how he's comfortable. But for and now... And in doing so, dipping Argnong's toes into yes. the water of uh-huh. cleanliness. Literally yeah. and figurative water. dipping. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, that's where that came from. Yeah, I think it was just such a big point that Bryce made to me in his like three sentence backstory that he gave <laughs> me was that Argnong is dirty and gross yeah. and so I, I keep bringing it up like it's a thing that needs yeah. to be recognized because that, that is like one of four character traits I got for this goblin child mm-hmm. and everything else he's just made up on the fly so right. I just really wanted to hammer that point home. Right which like Bryce is such a great improv person i had never played with bryce up until this and it has been a delight i just have to like compliment him (laughs) while he's not here obviously but like it's it's so fun like it really is so it's fun for me as a person who gets to just bounce off of it i love doing improv and like having someone else give me just ridiculous wild like alcohol names and stuff is like yeah i love this please (laughs) <laughs> you better know it's gonna be canon like it, it will be you can't just say things here yep. it will end up happening or become part of the world so mm-hmm. and along those lines i was surprised that bryce slash argnon let me do it i thought he was gonna be like no i'm not getting in this bubble water i hate this i don't want you to get rid of my bugs and i felt like i was gonna have to be like okay i've just thrown it out there 
this is something that we might have to do in the future and maybe you'll have to suck it up. But he was like, all right, and then went with it. And I was I was kind of surprised. And I'm curious to see, I'm sad he's not here so he can't tell us his side of that, but I'm curious yeah, of where yeah. that came from from him too. Yeah. It really just reminds you how, I guess, impressionable Argnong is overall. Yeah, which is something that Which is just something that I think... I think that both Id and Myla forget, especially Myla, because Myla is so caught up in her own stuff constantly. Like, it's just sort of like, this is a child. Like, this is a literal kid traveling with two adults that are fully functioning adults. One is a crime person and the other... A crime person? A criminal. <laughs> I'm stupid. I think you said Anyways. crime person in the podcast, too. <laughs> I don't... As you can tell, I do all the crimes all the time. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, if you have the time, do the crime. If that's you have the, how the time. Do goes. the crime, right? So, but it, yeah, it was. It's it's really interesting because I feel like I always forget how really impressionable he is, and then he like says something, and I'm like, oh yeah, you're like a, a, a child, an yeah. actual child that is still learning and making its way through. Also, I'm pretty sure he's, like, preteen, so, yeah. like, this is, like, right before major, like, growth and adulthood stuff, and that's kind that's kind of scary from a third-party perspective. Yeah. <laughs> I really hope that we get to go through, like... Arc puberty <laughs> Weird goblin puberty. Weird mm-hmm. human goblin puberty, yeah. because I think that'd be really funny. It turns into, like, a... Bryce, if you're listening, please, please keep in mind. <laughs> oh, yeah. It turns into, like, so a great. Buddy the Elf is way bigger than all the other goblins <laughs> kind <Yeah>. of thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. All right, so we need your favorites then, Jay. Oh, man. Um, I definitely think one of my favorite moments that I'm interested to maybe get a little more into in terms of character interaction was actually meeting Pilot and Gears. I feel like Myla likes Gears a lot like she's like like she's like oh my gosh like someone who actually understands what i'm saying when i'm constantly surrounded by people who just don't get it so i think that that's a really interesting dynamic that i i'm hoping we're able to revisit but if not that's also totally fine i have no idea what we're (laughs) gonna be doing soon i think yeah honestly so far i've really enjoyed when our characters met too Mm -hmm. i thought that was such an interesting like way of of us sort of all getting together and and just like the exploding dirt and the imagery behind like like these people trying to achieve their own goals and then all of a sudden there's just slight chaos and it's like well i guess we need to figure this out and it feels like like we're a obviously we're a party like from a third party perspective, but it still feels like we're in the early stages where it's like, after we complete this one goal, what's going to happen next? Like we can't leave this kid on, on his own. Obviously it has some people he's after and Myla has goals she wants to accomplish. Like, where is that going to lead? And so I think that having that sort of beginning moment of like just chaos of meeting was really reflective of the party overall. So, I don't know. That, that's something that I really liked about, specifically, like, the opening sequence of just, like, how much it reflects the current state of our party, so. Yeah. We yeah. really did give Anastasia three 
chaotic people. It's one of the, and, and no one's asked, but my two cents is that it's the hardest part of DMing for me in general. Like, DMing, I can come up with a setting on the fly. I can come up with NPCs. Like, things are not perf- pers- personally, it's not that difficult for me to come up with those things, especially when I have three other people to, like, work off of. And it's not just me on my own. But when you're starting a campaign and you have to try and figure out how all of the lives of these characters intersect in a way that makes sense and not just forcing people to like become part of this group that they that their lone wolf character would have never been a part of or Mm -hmm. whatever like everyone's got their own little things to deal with and genuinely one of the hardest parts is how to start a campaign and make it feel like everybody wants to stay together because it can get away from you really quickly. Well, that's something that I actually really think about when I'm obviously I DM, I play, I do everything in between. Um, and I do, I have a very strong belief. Obviously, I don't want any characters to feel forced to do anything, but there is also really like a player initiative that has to be taken into account when building a character and when sort of when you're signing up for this journey, you're signing up to play with other people. And you can have independent characters that are lone wolves and, and maybe give them something to eventually start breaking down that arc. But if you go into a campaign, whether it's a podcast, whether it's in person or online or however you play D&D or any other TTRPG for that matter, is if you're going in with a character that says, I don't like people and nothing is going to change that it's going to be really hard to find motivation to keep your character there. So there has to be player initiatives. So that's definitely very true. I think in the past I've DM'd for some people who have felt like uh, this character doesn't fit in with this group and I have no reason to stay. So I'm just like either not going to play or I'm going to change characters to somebody who would be part of this group. And it's like, I don't want them to have to do that. But yeah, if you came in with a character who really hates everyone and everything or just like has so many secrets that they decide not to tell the party about their true goals or whatever it's like that's not that's not my fault like that's not (laughs) something that I did as a DM to like push you away there's also yeah this sort of third party personal agreement that everyone's gonna participate um and that's part of a D&D campaign, so... Yeah, I've had to have talks about that with some players in the past, just being like, hey, if you want to be an edgelord, be an edgelord. I love a good edgelord. <laughs> but please keep in mind that, like, other people are playing, and this really is, like, a group story, and if this isn't the best fit, then it's not the best fit, and that's completely fine. Just yeah. let me know. Let me know how I can help you have fun. Let me know how I can help other players have fun, you know all that stuff. I think it's a really good quality as a player too, to like know your character well enough to be like, yeah, this character isn't fitting in anymore and that's totally okay. I just need to figure out like how they're going to gracefully exit and how I'm going to bring somebody new in because I don't mind people switching characters if they aren't having fun or don't feel like this character is adding to the story or anything. Um, There's definitely, like for me when I play characters, there's, I can like feel the end of the character and like, that might be a very personal thing for me, but, like, 
I can feel when their story is kind of done or like when I feel like I've played out everything that needs to be said in some way. Okay, um, so my questions are pretty generic, honestly, just because I thought it would give us good like jump off points. Mm -hmm. Um, I think this one is really interesting. What is an unexpected development of character that you've had? Um, either like seeing it in a different character or in your own character, like something that you were not expecting to say or do or have that interaction with. One of the things that I was really surprised about, I don't think this is character development, but from my point of view, it kind of was because it it's was fine. adding on to Myla's background. I was, mean, we've had eight episodes, so it's, right. it's we haven't gone super far was, down that lane yet. I thought it was really surprising how different Myla is from the rest of the organization that she's a part of. Like, she's way more happy-go-lucky. She, this is a question I have about, she doesn't have a code name with them, which is interesting. Like, she's probably newer. I don't think we've fully talked about that. Um... She's way more, like, lighthearted and optimistic than pretty much everybody there. And I thought that was kind of interesting because I think I kind of assumed that they would be like Myla, but they're <laughs> not. And then right now I'm imagining, like, an interview process where they're, like, <laughs> really feeling off about, like, Myla doesn't really fit our, like underground <laughs> we're gonna sneak things around and be really serious vibe but also dang is she good at building robot cats it's <laughs> like almost done we could really use that mm -hmm. it, was yeah. just, it was a big surprise and I, I i'm curious about how that's going to affect us and maybe myla oh yeah or how we will affect that group <laughs> it's mm -hmm. gonna be cool yeah i mean it's uh I don't want to say too much, obviously. Um, there's some stuff that you have very right and some stuff that is a little opposite, which I'll, I'll kind of... Hmm. I'll say this. I'll be vague. Myla was actually... Okay. In order to form an organization, you it starts with a group of people, right? Yes. So, uh, before this thing was an organization... Yeah, Mila was with a group of people. Um, oh. So I'll just sort of leave it at that for that because I don't want to. So you're a founding member. Say too much. Okay. But um, <laughs> no, you're good. Um, but I think when I was making Mila, and this was honestly like when I hear about Bryce's four sentences, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. Couldn't be me because I'm pretty sure my background <laughs> for Mila was like two pages. Um, I am the same exact way. Um, like, people, someone asked me to make up a character on the spot, and I gave them, like, a solid two paragraphs, like, long paragraphs. It was mm -hmm. like, here's my, my whole backstory. And they were like, oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah. Um, but, but, like, I think I really wanted to play around with a character that has a very complex mind, and how does a complex mind grow to be that way? So I put a lot of different stuff and facets and little things in her backstory that sort of kind of contradict each other, that sort of butt heads a little bit. And all I'll say for that is that it takes a specific kind of person and upbringing for, of a person to join a criminal organization. 
And I don't think Mila's necessarily experienced that. So gotcha. I'll, I'll just sort of leave it at that. But but I also liked the idea of having a criminal who just doesn't know what they're doing constantly. Who's just sort of like, yeah, I'm here. And oh yeah, I like information. And oh, it just so happens that I want to use that information to go against a government organization. So I guess I'm a criminal now. <laughs> like, just sort of like, what, you know, like, um, just sort of taking Sometimes that. it just be that way. Sometimes yeah. it's just like that. Sometimes you just <laughs> fall into being a criminal. Um, which is actually, actually, this is another one of my favorite moments was with, <laughs> it leads to some really good role play because like specifically with id and the body disposal closet i was like she would absolutely know what this is and know what all of this stuff is and perhaps even like help develop it <laughs> so i guess this is it now and i guess that's just what it is so i forgot about the body disposal closet yeah yeah no that, so that's good. so yeah. mm-hmm. so yeah, so, yeah. um but it's yeah. handy to have a chemist, you know, to oh, yeah. know a chemist. Yeah. So, Mila's definitely done her fair share. So, uh, of, but of that's criminally. That's interesting. I didn't like. I figured someone would pick up on it, but I thought, I don't know. That's interesting. I liked. I like that. Thank you. I guess. <laughs> You're welcome. You're really cool. So. I try my best. Uh, they, you, they can't see the finger guns I did. It's fine. There's um, really fast and high finger guns, everyone listening at home. <laughs> it was like, da-da-da, you know? Like, give them yeah. a nice tempo. Um, Aim at the sky. For sure. I feel like I'm talking a lot, so I'll just sort of, I'll compliment, I'll compliment both of you back, because I also want to hear some stuff from Anastasia, because I, I have two things. Yeah. I have really appreciated how id has just sort of gone with it i don't know if that's something that you you develop for your character he seems very like okay this is my plan this is what i'm doing i need to find information and this has been an entire just like two firecrackers splitting off in different directions and it seems like he's adapted to that really interestingly and I really like that, and I want to hear about that. And I also want to hear about some of, I guess, the NPC interactions, too. Because, like, Anastasia, I feel like you like these, these NPCs are just so interesting, and you perfectly, like, balance it out to, like, butt heads with certain characters. And I really appreciate <laughs> that, because it makes roleplay fun. Like, just being able to have those things, so... Those are my Good. character developments, I guess, for both of y'all. But yeah. Yeah. Ben, you want to go first? Sure. Part of that, like, it being organized and you two being more spontaneously chaotic and it just going along with it vibe comes from that contract that you brought up before. Like, I, episode one, episode two was like, all right. They are playing ex- like wild characters. All right, let's go. Let's let's see what happens. And I didn't want to swap characters because I didn't think that would be good for our podcast. <laughs> um, and also, I thought about and it has said this out loud too. His job right now is to learn about the world and gather information. And 
what better way to gather information than from probably the least normal people he could probably meet. Mm-hmm. Like, you could meet a ton of normal people and interview them, but Myla's, Myla might give a weird interview and Argnong would eat the microphone. So <laughs> this is the best way to go about this, I think. Yeah, I think I covered all of that. It's just very, it's such an interesting dynamic overall because I, I do feel like Myla has a lot to learn from id which like from a player's perspective there's a lot of like because like she's she's an adult but she's still very much kind of caught up in her past and how she holds herself i mean she's a wreck you guys can see that she's a wreck (laughs) um she's bumbles and she doesn't know how to talk to people and it's just such an interesting thing and so i'm glad you didn't switch characters too just from a character point of view because I, I do feel like that's something that both Argnong and Myla can learn from Id. And maybe Id can learn how to, I don't know, loosen up a little, improvise yeah. a little more to get what he I'm wants and stuff. I'm excited about that, actually. So. And I was just thinking just now, based on possibly a slight reveal from the question that I asked you, it m- might turn out really interesting learning how... The two adults, Myla and Id, are similar in addition to how different they are and what how we've experienced them being similar and different already. And as we learn more about each other, like, figuring that out. Because I, mm-hmm. I'm getting more and more the sense that we're more similar than we think that they are. Ooh. I'm interested in that. I find it... Com- I, actually, this ties really well into what Ben was saying. I find it completely wild that you guys are playing two very logical characters yes. into wildly different ways. Yes, we like, are both it logical. Is, it mm-hmm. is ready to take notes and write things down and figure things out. And Myla is like, I have figured it out. I'm good, yeah. but I don't want to <laughs> do that. So I'm not going to do that. But it, here's how it would go. And it's like, yeah, you're right. I just figured that out myself. I'm good. Why are you doing that? that's dumb don't do that why did you go that way you know like i just it's so cool that you guys are playing two very logical people in completely opposite ways yeah that's been really fun too and i've also i've also really liked seeing that with like the comparisons of charisma between it and argnong too like the using those two things drastically different because like our dog can kind of get away with anything because he's a kid but it just knows how to strategically talk to people with that intelligence and i think that that's something that myla lacks and maybe that's just because she's such a rambunctious firecracker i think i already used that to describe her but she's literally just like one of those like hurling scorching rays that just goes and doesn't (laughs) stop ever yeah exactly and it sometimes gets her into some tricky situations so so seeing that sort of intelligence with the charisma side for id and watching um someone who's basically all talk and maybe is like we'll figure things out later from a logic point of view from argnong has been so cool so cool Anyways, I'm actually really interested to see what happens when 
it gets put in a situation where snap decisions need to be made because mm-hmm. I think we've kind of had some of that, but like it was very early on yeah. in the game, and I think people were still feeling out their characters and trying to figure out how it works and such. But I'm really interested to see what he what he does in in situations where like you have a second to make a choice and like you know is he gonna freak out and freeze and not make a choice or is he going to just you know instantaneously understand what the right choice is or like i don't know i and i don't even know if ben knows but i think that's gonna be really fun to play with most recently there was that assassination on the grip um and its instinct was this guy is attacking somebody he's got a symbol on him that i recognize that guy is dead and like ben me the player i was like (laughs) i would love to question this guy but he's dead like i am killing him right now Mm -hmm. um and now i'm kind of nervous that i'm gonna do that to somebody more important (laughs) whoa what (laughs) episode exclusive (laughs) i'm nervous Wow. I mean, it's always a good time for me when I have people who make quick decisions to give them places where it snowballs into something they did not want because I love your characters and I don't want them to die and also consequences are a thing. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> make your choices. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's the entire campaign, right? Like, everything is a choice. And as soon as you make a choice, you have to deal with the consequences of yeah. it. That's what a campaign is. So, um, I'm very excited about that. Um, Jay asked a while back about NPC interactions yeah. and just about mm-hmm. NPCs in general, I think. Oh my gosh, the, um, the, what was her name? The witchy lady that had the stuff in her attic? Yeah. What was her name? Um, Sylvia? Sylvia, sounds mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Sylvia? I could look it up Something like that. I'm so she bad at remembering names, but whatever. Pause, I... I'm gonna get my notes. Well, don't actually pause, you guys keep talking. I'm gonna walk away. <laughs> No, I absolutely love making NPCs. It's one of my favorite things. Um, Although, funny enough, I'm really, really terrible at coming up with good names on the fly. Uh, I can be like, yeah, that guy's Jared. But uh, the name Jared doesn't sound very, like, in-world. So that's the thing I struggle with the most of making NPCs is, like, coming up with a good name on the fly. So for the most part, I kind of write a little bit about the NPCs beforehand just so I can like not fluster and have to cut out a bunch of stuff in our podcast episode um but I think for me what has really helped is like okay so and I don't want to boil people or anything down to this level because we're we're telling a story we're not we're not doing real life um so when it comes to NPCs it's like what what do they need to know about this character that makes them memorable and unique? Because, and I think I heard this a while ago, maybe from like a Brendan Lee Mulligan, like here, like DMing tips or like a Matt Mercer DMing tips or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've, I've watched a couple, but um, I remember uh, someone saying like, if you have an entire 
cohort of like soldiers or whatever none of your players are going to remember anything about the soldiers because they all look the same and they all act the same unless you give us some soldier something very specific even if it's like that soldier has a red coat and this the other ones have blue coats you know it's like okay then now that soldier with a red coat has something interesting about them and maybe they're the person we need to interrogate or maybe they're the person maybe they're the captain like you don't know they're like just changing one tiny aspect about how you see a character or hear a character or whatever can change how you how the party you the party perceive that npc and so for npcs in general for me it's most fun to be like okay here's a very base it's, it's almost like a character maker in a video game, right? They're like, mm-hmm. here's your basic outline of a person, and now you get to throw stuff onto it and change it a little bit. And so that's what I do kind of in my head is like, hey, here's a really basic drow. Okay, so now what can I make interesting about this drow, right? Maybe they've got a tattoo of a third eye on their forehead. I don't know. Does it mean anything? Who knows? It might. Maybe it does. <laughs> maybe it doesn't. I don't care. But it's something. It's something to work off of and like think about it in the future, um, maybe things will accidentally come back around and tie back into it or whatever. So that's one of my favorite things about making NPCs. And when you were talking about NPCs that kind of butt heads with characters, it's kind of the same way. It's like, okay, so here's a very base person. And now what can I do that would make the interaction between them and Myla interesting or them between Id and them interesting? Whatever, right? Like, Arknong does not want to interact with a noble person, right? At all, because why would he want to do that? So I'm going to give him a noble person and just see what happens. Like, I'm <laughs> curious to know. Um, so, yeah, I love making NPCs. It's super fun. And if they come back and they, they're, like, clearly going to be an important NPC, then I will take some time to write a little bit more about them. Like, mm-hmm. Bahiti. I know a little bit more about Bahiti than I do... Uh, even like Sylvia to be honest because you guys have visited her twice I think but um, Bahiti was with you for like three episodes Mm -hmm. and so I definitely know more about Bahiti than I do Sylvia but they should be hopefully equally as memorable yeah well absolutely and I think that like it really makes for interesting things because I feel like I feel like please correct me if I'm wrong when you make characters you you very much look at the logics of like okay well this is their point of view so this is how they would interact with this person like for example when we first came across the criminal organization and specifically the gem like i i jay as a player had no idea who the gem was but i was super excited to have myla know who this is and when Mm -hmm. as soon as the gem was like you need to check in like what are you doing you're being ridiculous i'm like it would make sense that all these people and most of them wouldn't necessarily like Milo wouldn't be their flavor of person. Like like Ben said earlier, she's very different from everyone. She's very like, yeah, I guess, okay, cool, I'm gonna go do this. Very, very much not about business unless it's relating to her and what she enjoys doing. Which, right. like, when I first started interacting with that, I was like, this is interesting. And then I was like, but it makes sense. And it's stuff that it I wouldn't have even thought about. Like, so... But, yeah. It makes sense. I mean, when you have an organization, you have to be organized. And uh, part of that for them was checking in. So, 
Um, I am glad to hear that, right? Because <laughs> I I I want to do that. Like I'm really glad that you feel that way. Mm-hmm. Because it's my job to make you feel like you live in that world with that NPC. Yeah. And if I make you feel that way, then I'm doing my job. Like. I feel great about that. Right. And so I, I that's think a it's, big compliment. I think it's really funny that like everyone's like, this is an organization. We're super strict, blah, blah. And meanwhile, Milo's like, let me just fish through my notes that are all loose in my bag with my tools and my potions and everything that's like in basically this giant sack. And like, it's like, oh, I'm going to dump out yeah. these nuts and bolts for our community gold and like, et cetera. So. Yeah. And I think that they're used to it at this point, but they're still trying their their darndest to keep you in line because it's you can't just have a cup with like a hole in it you know Mm -hmm. because it's going to leak all the water eventually right if you put a hole in the bottom of the cup it's not gonna work and so if Mila goes out and does something that they find feels like a leak to the organization like you have basically just exposed the entire thing. So they're trying as hard as they can <laughs> to keep you in line because they don't want that. They don't mm-hmm. want that kind of attention on them yeah. because why would they? They're a criminal organization. I mean, I did... took over a library break room. So, like... Right? I did literally, like, bring in two people I had just met earlier, like, a day ago into, like, one of our secret yeah. headquarters and was like, hey, these hours. are my friends! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, for sure. Anyways, for sure. I digress. I have a question. Are you ready? Yeah. I am a... For the question? Yeah. Or is that the question? No. Oh, okay. Well, okay. <laughs> I, when I run games, I am big on world building. I'm not as much into like NPCs and people and stuff, but I'm big on world building. Yeah. And we have only been in really two places so far. Very contrasting places, but I'm curious of what your favorite parts of those two places are, and maybe we can get a little hint of something that you're... Well, I guess technically three, because we got to see the, uh, the, the the, the school for our our (laughs) two-shot with our guests. Oh, yeah! That's true. Yeah! Wait, gosh! My goodness, that was... That made... That was so much for me all at once okay carry on we can anyway we can go. favorite favorite <laughs> places that we've been to and maybe we can get a little hint about somewhere we haven't been but we've heard about or something like that i i want jay to go first on like favorite place oh gosh before i go because i'm curious because i'm curious. oh yeah um i think well, obviously, I was just gushing about it. I loved the Institute one-shots. First of all, the guests were incredible. Kyle and Mona did a great job, so they I'm going amazing. to shout them out again. It was yeah. so fun. <laughs> and, um, gosh, it was so fun. So, But that was really surreal because that was a place that I don't think we had even mentioned it in campaign yet. Or if we did, it was like the episode Super before offhand. or something. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was something that I knew about before everyone else and i was like oh my gosh we're here it's the place like um so that was really cool i won't take up too much other time except for saying that it was really cool also building the secret library thing because you just sort of i remember you asked me you were like what would this look like and i was like oh 
I, I don't know. Let me think of something real quick. And, and being able to sort of have a hand in building that was really cool. So, yeah. so I appreciated Good. that. I'm glad. Yeah. Yes. Anyways. Do you have one? Do you have an answer, Ben, or do you just want me to go? I want to hear yours first. So favorite, we've been to two places and actually Sarah was not one of the places that I had come up with. That was uh, Jay because it was in Jay's backstory and Jay said, I start here. And I was like, great. So that's where we started. <laughs> so we're because... all going to start here. Jay yeah, said you said, so. yeah, because Jay said so. <laughs> I um, said, well, we start cause... here. <laughs> <laughs> not just me, but all of us. Um, <laughs> no, but but like Ben and Bryce didn't get me starting places, which is totally fine and typical mm-hmm. for what I would do when writing a backstory because I don't, I don't want to like confine the DM into doing that and jay was like nah i'm in sarah i was like okay we're gonna do that then so (laughs) so the city was and it's not one of the big ones like you guys exist in the country of rain like r-e-i-n-e rain Mm -hmm. um and that's where sarah is it's like on the very very southern border of rain um and what's really weird right now is that there is this whole like conflict happening that Sarah has mostly been out of because they're just so Southern that no one like really even thinks about it. And it's just kind of a town. It's not anything big. They don't do a bunch of exports or anything. Uh, it's just kind of a place where people live. And so um, it was really fun to come up with different things that a town would have in a setting that is a mixture of steampunk and fantasy uh, because I really want to like hit those steampunk aspects because I think most people play D&D in a fantasy setting and so I want to mm-hmm. like make sure it feels different and interesting and new and so I think and we haven't even been there the characters didn't go there but one of my favorite ideas is like a town like balloon terminal like I think that's so fun the fact that there were just these like huge airships that came in with a bunch of soldiers on them and like this isn't like a tiny little airport on the outskirts of town sort of situation like there's like there's like a a central-ish building that has like a spot for a balloon to go like to sit into it um and I didn't describe it very much I don't think in the podcast but it's it's not it's not nothing like it's it's definitely every town in rain has one of these even if they're just like a small little farm town like every place has one because the people of rain specifically the leaders would like to be able to get everywhere all the time and get resources from uh, everywhere and get resources from everywhere um because they're they're not particularly nice people but we also haven't interacted much with them so I think that's probably one of my favorite parts about the cities, specifically in Rain, is like there are these like teleport gates sort of situation where like airships come, air balloon ships come through and like dock in town. Um, I remember like Bryce offhandedly being like, we're gonna steal one of those later. And I was like, uh huh good luck and uh, <laughs> and then it just never never came back to it so i was like that's totally fine like you guys do what you'd like and i remember thinking hell yeah we are that's gonna be <laughs> yeah. fun absolutely jay jay me myself was like we we're going to one of those but oh, then yeah. like others then we had to go and kill a turtle so yeah i guess you had to go do that so whatever no, i'm just kidding but uh <laughs> 
No, like it's one of my favorite places about the city. I think it's it's definitely the most steampunky thing about the town that you're in. Besides uh, Xander, I think. Besides Xander, but Xander was made from scratch. So like, yeah. Xander's made from scratch and not yeah. not a product of the organized society. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in the town. Um, yeah. So that's that. And then. Uh, my favorite part about sanctuaries is that every, and, and I don't think you guys have experienced this yet either, every sanctuary is different. Um, so this one that you are in is different from any other sanctuary that you'll ever find again in the world. And this is, I am, I am aware that I'm undereducated on this and that I need to do more research into it. But it's like very loosely based on Native American culture, just in the idea that expansion happened, colonization happened, and they had they couldn't do anything about it because it was just too too much of a force for them to deal with. And it's really tragic. Like it's very awful that a lot of these cultures got confined to little areas. And so I kind of wanted to like reflect the tragedy of of that situation because i think it's something that we don't deal with enough in real life especially as us four are white and non-native that like it's something that i think needs to be faced more often than it is uh in our daily lives and so i really wanted to like remind us personally and anybody else listening who is not native mm-hmm. about the like tragic elements that happens when when this huge industrial force comes in and decides that your land and your culture is not worth saving and we are going to steamroll it like that's what happens and it's really awful and so i really wanted to make places where these people have preserved tradition like they're not here to like they're standing up for themselves and they're trying to keep everything that they can and intact um and that's what Bahidi's like home home did too right is like they've created this sanctuary that is preservation natural like it's mostly tabaxi like the people who live there are really big on tradition and keeping it the way that it has been for thousands of years because if they don't stand up for themselves, they're going to get steamrolled. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, we'll see what comes from that. Obviously, I don't want to, like, we, we can play D&D for escapism and such. Absolutely. But I think that it's important to know. Yeah. Well, I also think, one, well, two things. One, I think that that's going to be really interesting considering they now have a way in the criminal organization has a way into the place now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't... Yeah. Like, out of the options, that seemed, like, the best for Myla, but I, st- I still don't think that it was a good choice at all. Um, of course, she was like, yeah, this will get me what I want, and it's not, you know, their flower of whatever. Um, yeah. But, like, that was still not a good choice. But I, I also wanted to compliment that sort of idea 
Because, like, whenever I think of The Inked Expanse and the world that we're playing in, I always think of, like, the first thing you told us about it, which was, like, that it was fabled to have been created with, like, a child's drawing or something like that. And I think that having these sanctuaries be, like, the most, I guess, ancient and traditional parts of, of this world that was based off of a child's drawing and, like, have this beauty and magic just to see it completely industrialized is also something that's a really interesting dynamic and an interesting thought and, and causes us to think. And you can't... I, I don't know if you wanted to add anything to that, Anastasia. I guess it's kind of a question, but, like, as you were talking, I was like, wow, that's... I guess, like, we see it now in days and like social relations and societal expectations that kids are being expected to grow up way too fast and I think that that is something that I have always firmly seen and firmly believed in is that like kids should be able to be kids while they're kids um Mm -hmm. so I don't know if that was intentional and if or if it was unintentional or if you have any thoughts about that whether it is or isn't because yeah Um, so one of the other parts that I absolutely love about world building is like, I can do world building for the current world, but dear God, I love myself a creation story. It's one of my favorite things ever because, you know, from a scientific standpoint, the freaking earth was made from an explosion in space. Like, how cool is that? Like, that's neat, you know, just stuff like that. So it's like oh my god, I get to do anything and, like, decide how this world gets created. And again, like, you guys don't know, and I don't even know if I know that the world was actually made from a kid or or if it was, that's just the legend. Like, it's just, it's so fun to come up with the origins of, of the place that we live in uh, in a campaign. It's one of my favorite things, so I just wanted to say that I love creation stories. It's one of it's yes, it's the best top tier. Yeah. Um. So when I was making this, I, I think it was also semi inspired by the Narnia series, mm-hmm. like m- multiple books. Um, and if you don't know, there are seven Narnia books, and <laughs> we know the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and maybe the the pirate one that I can't think of the oh, name the, of. Oh, the, right? the Voyage of the Dawn Shredder. Like there's Voyage of the Dawn Shredder. Dawn Shredder, yes. There's the Chronicles of Narnia. There was another movie, the Prince Caspian movie. I don't know if that was the name of a book or not, but I remember it has that one I guy from Shadow and Bone in it. I think that was the Dawn Shredder book made into a but movie. Was anyway, so, so like, to be completely honest, so if you have not read all seven books, it's like the entirety of a world. Like, it is from start to end how this world of Narnia existed and uh in the first book which is called the magician's nephew they go into this world that has like no beginnings like it has it is like literally just starting out and that was such a fun concept for me of like they're just animals that appeared and had to figure out how to live together or like some things that just completely got wiped out because they couldn't figure out how to live in this universe or whatever. And so it was kind of a similar, like, all right, if we just start from a world that's completely wild and has, like, has to figure out how to function together, and then we go into this sort of uh, human-like repetition 
of history, which is like, we want to iterate, we want to make things better, we want to try and like make things more efficient, we want to expand. Like, what are these very core ideas about humanity that I can also pull into this universe? So, I don't know if that really answered your question. Yeah. But it was fun. I enjoyed it. I think. I mean, to get, like, philosophical for a second, I think humans are good, but I think humanity as a whole becomes really difficult to be good because we just, we do, we just throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. And when the spaghetti falls off the wall, we don't pick it up. We just leave it on the floor and we're Mm -hmm. like, nah, someone else will take care of it someday. But then it doesn't and it just causes a problem and it gets moldy and gross and terrible. But, like... That's the same with this world, I think, is I pulled in those real, like, humanity elements of, well, we just threw stuff and we figured out what works and what doesn't and things that don't work, then uh, we just throw them away and, you know, too bad for the consequences. To piggyback off that, Ben, how much does Id know? Like, he's searching for answers and for information. Does he, like, know things? I know that sounds kind of bad, but, like, like <laughs> is is this, like, we're starting bare bones and it's just, like, well, this is, like, my first stop along the way? Or, like, is he halfway through the journal already? Or, like, what? Mm. Yeah, I don't know. How much does he know? I think when I was discussing backstory with Anastasia, we said, like, maybe a month or two. Yeah, very short. Um, he's been, like, outside of where he grew up. So... Uh, definitely still I don't know how much he writes every day but definitely has not filled one like moleskin journal worth of notes yet I actually think you told me maybe three weeks before the party meeting yeah it was like weeks and not in months yeah wow Um, but I think also that he projects himself as understanding more than he actually does (laughs) And that's his impulsivity is like, I'm going to make an assumption about this world based on what I've been taught and what I know. And hopefully I can be convincing enough that I will appear organized and knowledgeable. And if that's the case, then scientifically that is what I should do. And this is how this kind of interaction goes, or this is how this kind of monster acts or... Um, this is how I should try to solve this problem again in the future. Um, yeah, he, uh, I'm trying to not say too much. That's so fair. We're so early on that it's, it's, it's a real game of like tug of war (laughs) of like how, how many crumbs do I leave for the geese without leaving? I also want to, like, (laughs) I also want to dump a loaf on the ground. Mood. Same. This is. (laughs) It's so cool. Here's this whole backstory. Guys, listen. <laughs> I was just going to say that I'm very excited. I I am very excited about exploring other countries in this world uh, because, honestly, of the ones that I have figured out, I think Rain is the tame one, which is wild. Wow. <laughs> oh, no. It's, it's very tyrannical, but there are some really, really cool and interesting countries out there that I'm very excited to interact with i'm excited i think it's going to uh cause a lot of problems which Mm -hmm. is good for podcast so yeah (laughs) 
connecting the two most recent questions, I was very pleased with how Id's interaction with the sanctuary went. I felt mm-hmm. like he made his way in in a fair way. Like we got help from somebody that was going to let us in. Guaranteed the motive for getting in was not good, but we still got in with permission. Um, and then he Relatively. was able to achieve achieve. He was able to achieve <laughs> his objective in I think achieve just obchi- he was able to achieve. Um, <laughs> he without being like underhanded or um, like stealing anything. This isn't a slight at Myla because it was her job. <laughs> but he he had he wanted to learn and they were kinda like Eh, we're kind of, we kind of don't want to do everything you want to do with learning about this place because we have secrets to protect. And like Anastasia was saying, there's an entire tyrannical expanding force outside that the main thing that's stopping them is a magical bubble that they don't know the secrets to. And most people in here don't know the secrets too so obviously we can't tell you that but like he got to learn stuff that the children's story that he memorized three weeks of being in the world i'm pretty sure that's the first children's story he ever heard or read in his entire life wow and i feel like i haven't had one in a very long time because i i'm around sixth graders a lot i feel like an old person (laughs) Um, and I feel like if I was my age and I read something like that, that would be a formative experience for me compared to the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And so being able to take this character who's inherently curious for many reasons and learn something insanely personal about a place like that is was really cool and I hope I get to keep doing that and hearing that this is the tame place makes me really excited to see (laughs) how other places will influence its like learning and stuff Mm -hmm. that's his whole thing I mean and again like it's not even just that they have secrets that keep people out of the bubble or whatever it's like this is again based on what I know about native cultures and the fact that most native cultures are pretty closed off about their own tradition and history because because people have appropriated the culture too much mm-hmm. and if they truly feel like you're going to appreciate the culture then they're willing to share with you and that's not up to you that's up to them yeah. and so it's kind of the same situation where like they just feel they feel like they are they have not been appreciated clearly because they have been forced into this like section of the world that is now theirs but you know they they had a lot more in the past and so they haven't felt like their culture has been appreciated and so they'd rather mm-hmm. keep it to themselves and avoid more cultural appropriation yeah um For but sure. clearly because the three of you got in with relative permission like you are trusted enough to be part of that appreciative group right. and not appropriative group. Yes. I don't even know if that's the yeah. word, but that's the goal. I have that's a right. quick one. 
Yeah. Jay, why did you pick a, a big cat for Xander to look like? You want the honest <laughs> answer? Yes, I do. It's because in my other campaign with Anastasia, I have a dog. <laughs> that was one of that was it well okay that was definitely a part of it was like i was i was looking at it and i was like i definitely know i wanted it to be some sort of animal because uh i almost said oh my gosh i almost said asta hang on no myla (laughs) asta is the name of my other character uh for podcast people um myla is very much one of those people who strikes me as i get along better with pets than i do actual people so I knew I didn't want it to resemble a humanoid in any way. I didn't want it to, but I didn't want it to be a machine either because the the whole thing. Milo's not that cold. Yeah, to make well, like a tank. Yeah, not only that, but I feel like in a this goes back to sort of the introduction of the gem and stuff like that in a place where because she has friends that are in the criminal organization they're they're few and far between but i did write some and um but they're very much more engrossed in the actual thing as a whole whereas she's sort of working from her own point of view so honestly i feel like she's kind of lonely and she kind of just wants something or someone to just like be her friend who's not going to care about if she's doing things for personal motivation, who's not going to really care that she's not like the other people in her group. And I feel like the best way to do that was just something, I guess, with the semblance of life, like kind of this, it, it also is kind of an ego thing for her, which is like, I made something that's quote unquote living you're making weird shots that make people forget things and, and stuff like that, you know? It's, it's sort of like a... So there, there's a myriad of reasons. But when it came to the cat, my, my number one thing was I was like, I want it to be medium-sized, but I didn't want it to be a dog because I already have a dog in a different campaign. <laughs> um, also, cats are sneaky and criminals are sneaky. And... Um, Ooh, yeah. And... I like the idea that it's it's like almost like a panther, which is actually like my dad's favorite animal, so I think that's why I thought of it. But um, so fun fact, but um, but just sort of the idea of something that can be that, but is also a point of defense. Like I think uh, we really saw that when Myla used her bonus action to send Xander to help Id, because like the whole purpose of that was that like you could get an AC bonus from its reaction. It can help you fight. Like there's a lot of things that, that Xander can do that Myla cannot, or at least she feels she cannot. And one of them is, is she's very much a side person and very kind of like on her own, but Xander gives her a one, a companion two a way to sort of connect with other people and three protect the people that she's forming these bonds with. So yeah, and if he breaks, then she can just fix him. Yeah, exactly. You I know? can just, I can literally just. I think all I need to fi- get is the mending cantrip eventually, and I can literally heal him using yeah. the mending cantrip. So yeah. that's a way better answer than I was expecting. the The first part of the answer was pretty basic. But... I like cat, and also I have dog in another game. I have a dog already. Done. Yes, the dog in the other campaign is a mastiff named friend and which is very cute yes um (laughs) 
I was gonna say Jay must uh, like me as a DM considering that she lets me DM two different campaigns for her so she must not hate it it's um, fun I, I love D&D I love the way Anastasia DMs it's it's been a blast it's been a joy it's been great. it's fun I like running for you guys yeah yeah I think that feels like a good end to this episode uh thank you for listening yeah we, i actually i had a really fun time with this one I this think was this awesome was really cool to well, talk about because we don't talk about it much on the side because we mm-hmm. don't want to like spoil anything too much yeah. but i think i think a peek behind the curtain is fun right well, um we'll have to get bryce on here next time oh yeah i yes. there's a few things i need to know i need it. <laughs> i need to need to know need uh yeah so just a reminder that every our podcast comes out every other Sunday. Turn on notifications. Seriously, one of the biggest things you can do to help is like interacting with any sort of social media post, um, liking us on Spotify. Because eventually, I think if we get enough likes and ratings, it'll actually show that rating on Spotify, which might, which might, you know, help other people realize that oh, this is a good quality podcast <laughs> that a lot of people like. So maybe I'll like it too. Um, yeah, we don't do any advertising except our own, so just keep sharing it, keep listening. We appreciate you so much because we, you know, couldn't do it without listeners. 